And it's, it's a loose connection. I'll, I'm just going to say that up front. But I want to give you the strangest connection. Uh, maybe the strangest connection I've ever made in a message. Stephen Curtis Chapman and Shmini Atzeret. Does everyone know who Stephen Curtis Chapman is? Does anyone know who Stephen Curtis Chapman is? Okay. I'll tell you about him in a second. But, well, I'll tell you now. He is a, came to fame in the 90s, contemporary Christian singer, very, very uh, talented musician, diverse career. Um, now, not Jewish, not sure if Stephen Curtis Chapman has ever set foot in a sukkah or heard any Hebrew spoken other than maybe some hymns that in, have the word hallelujah in it. I don't know Stephen personally, so... The question then that comes to mind is, how in the world could Stephen Curtis Chapman be connected in any way to Shemini Atzeret? Are you asking yourself that question right now? No, you're not. But okay, that's fine. I, I can assure you beyond any reasonable doubt that Stephen Curtis Chapman has no idea how he's connected to Shemini Atzeret. So for Stephen Curtis and for you, because I can see the inquisitive looks on your face, I'm going to enlighten you today on the answer to that question. It will need some explaining, maybe a lot of explaining, but the answer in summary is that the Holy Spirit communicates through everyone who is willing to be communicated through. Whether you know it or not, or even know exactly what you're talking about. Because Yeshua once said, don't worry about how or what you're going to speak. He's talking about being persecuted for faith in him, but it applies here. Don't worry about how or what you're going to speak in your defense or what you're to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So Stephen Curtis Chapman, back in 1995, wrote this song for us today, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Is that a stretch? I don't know. The Holy Spirit can do all kinds of things. So where are we headed? The Holy Spirit helps us how to deal in difficult circumstances, but it also gives great encouragement and comfort and guidance and joy and all kinds of things. And this message isn't actually about the Holy Spirit, but that's our connector here. So as we approach the end of the fall holidays, which are tomorrow, um, Simchat Torah, the rejoicing in the Torah, which is not actually a biblical festival. It's later in origin, way later actually. But it's a rejoicing in the restart of the Torah, right? But I was listening. I don't even know how I got there, but it was in the middle of Sukkot, and up flashes this song, one of my old favorites from SCC. That's for those in the know. That's Stephen Curtis Chapman song called Mountain from the mid-90s, which I realized, as I've said already, is the perfect concluding song for what we're doing today. And, well, for next year and every year. And he had no intention whatsoever of doing this, but because of my perspective, did you know your perspective influences the things you see and believe? Have, have you ever been aware of that in a conversation with someone when you're trying to help them see your point and they see exactly the opposite of what you see? That's perspective that colors that. 
And so in my perspective, when I'm reading things, listening to things, watching world events, I see all this Jewish stuff all over it. It's just my perspective. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the point for you. I want to communicate to, to you and Stephen Curtis Chapman what a beautiful message God is giving us today through his festivals, through musicians who hear his voice, and through the Holy Spirit. But before we hear this song, because you have to hear the mountain to make this real, before we hear it, who has absolutely no idea what Shmini Atzeret is? Okay, good. I, well, some will say good. If no one had raised their hand, the message would have been at least five minutes shorter. So I, sorry. Shmini Atzeret, it means the eighth day gathering in essence. Why? What is that? Well, here's the biblical basis. In Leviticus 23, where we find all the festivals of God, again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, on the 15th of the seventh month is the feast of booths, or Sukkot, tabernacles, right? So on the first day is a, for seven days to the Lord, that's where we're having the feast of booths. That ended last night. On the first day of Sukkot is a holy convocation. You shall do no laborious work of any kind. For seven days, you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. And that is, as we just identified, Sukkot. And then it continues, on the eighth day, you shall have a holy convocation, present an offering by fire to the Lord. It is an assembly. You shall do no laborious work. Shmini Atzeret, eighth assembly. That's what this is. Is that weird? Why? And there's a question that also needs to be asked. Is that Sukkot or is it not Sukkot? Is it, is it its own thing or is it seven, eight, but it's its own thing? It's debated in the Talmud, actually where there's a lot of debate, whether Shmini Atzeret is its own festival or part of Sukkot. I'm not going to ask you which one you think because it doesn't matter because I'm about to tell you this. There are differences between Shmini Atzeret and Sukkot. First of all, the Torah says seven days you do these things, okay? You bring certain sacrifices. You do these things seven days. The eighth day you do this, which is a bit of a differentiation between seven and eight. Sukkot in the temple had 70 sacrifices that were brought over its, over its celebration. 70 sacrifices. Shemini Atzeret, one. Okay? We don't say the blessing of the sukkah when we eat in the sukkah on Shmini Atzeret, which is traditional. You can still eat your lunch or your meal and your sukkah on Shmini Atzeret, but you don't say the blessing for dwelling in the sukkah, which also makes a delineation between Sukkot and Shmini Atzeret, but also a connection, right? Because you're eating in the sukkah on the eighth day. And here's a real significant one. We start praying for rain today on Shmini Atzeret at Mincha in the afternoon prayers. Well, actually, we already did today. We had in services a very beautiful prayer for rain. Okay, Why didn't we start praying for rain on the first day of Sukkot? Because then you're wet in your sukkah. So clearly there is a delineation that makes this day 
very different from Sukkot, and yet it's still kind of connected. So you can see why there's this debate about which one. But that's all by way of information, okay? Here's the beautiful interpretation that Judaism brings to Shemini Atzeret. It's definitely different. It is definitely a different day, and here's the reason why. Sukkot is a massive party. It's a commanded time of celebration and joy. And, you know, we read the Torah portion today. It talks about if you can't bring your sacrifice, bring wine or intoxicating liquor to the temple and just, you know, have a fun time. But it's, it's wild. Like, I'm really tired. We started last Friday night at the synagogue having a cookout for Sukkot. Last night we wrapped up at Dave and Melanie's and have been almost everywhere in between celebrating and hanging out and eating five, eight, six bowls of chili. I'm just now recovering from that. So it's uh, like really a lot going on, right, during Sukkot. And here's a nice connection that Sachs makes. I just told you there were 70 sacrifices in Sukkot, right? The seven days of Sukkot, 70 young bulls were offered in the temple, which the sages of Judaism connected quite nicely to Zechariah's prophecy, a particular prophecy about Sukkot and the nations. Where will the nations, by God's commandment, be during Sukkot in the Messianic age? Who can tell me what they're supposed to do? They are supposed to go and like go up and celebrate Sukkot. And if they don't, guess what happens? No rain. So the rabbis determined that this, this 70 sacrifice number that connects to Zechariah's prophecy that's saying they have to go up make Sukkot like the festival of the world because 70 is the number of all the nations. It comes from Genesis 10. 70, whenever you see 70, it's a recollection of the, all the nations of the earth. So their connection is these 70 sacrifices are like foreshadowing prophetic of what, how incredible it's going to be when all the world under the Messianic King comes to Sukkot. And then there's this weird eighth day and we bring one. Why? Because it's God saying, all right, listen up. I know we've just done all this and we've done all this for the world and it's been a big raucous rock and roll party and all this fun stuff. Now, one more day. <sighs> Let's just hang out. Send all the party goers home. All the nations, everybody. Okay, party's over, guys. Gotta go. Bye. Thanks for coming. Bye-bye. And he says, I just want to hang with you for one more day. He's talking to the Jewish people. It's the atzeret. It's the staying behind. It's the convocation. It's the, I, I really love you guys. And I know we've had fun. And, and listen, we've been through a lot. I just want this last day with you. 
So Judaism is a little bit snobby, actually, about Shemini Atzeret. Because it's defined as a time when we partied with you guys up from the nations, and now we're going to have a private reception. And we might do that in the sukkah, but wherever we are, it's the last hurrah. It's the backstage pass to spend with Hashem. Now, I'm not snobby about that. I am celebrating it with the disciples of Yeshua, who, unlike the majority of the world, have absolutely no idea what is going on on Shemini Atzeret. And if I asked 99 out of 100 people if they know what Shemini, If I asked some Jewish people, do you know what Shemini Atzeret is? They're like, something in the Bible. Something my great-grandfather told me about. But see, for us, God's called all us. Even the room. Even the room right, reflects a little bit of Shemini Atzeret. It's very sort of empty in here. It's just us gathered together for this last little bit of hurrah that we have. So, why though? Why one more day? It's not that big of a deal. He could have just said, you know what? The seventh, seven means completion and that completes it and it's awesome and see you guys. Everybody go home. Bye-bye. But no, why one more day? Because we have been through a heck of a lot, and I don't mean five bowls of chili. I'm talking about back from Elul 1, when all this started. We have been through a lot if we handled that properly. From Elul to Yom Kippur, we were searching our souls, making amends with our fellow man, certainly with God. We were repenting for our past deeds. We were praying for a blessed future and a healthy, happy year. And it's this deep descent during the high holidays. And you kind of, you're pretty hard on yourself because you're supposed to be. And then I stand up here for Nila and we eat pizza and it's this explosive, meteoric joy thing that happens because we're through those. But then Five days later, right after Nila, actually, we're out there putting together our temporary shelter, and five days later, we'll be partying there for seven days, and man, woo! It's a lot going on. And did you know that Feast of Tabernacles is one of the, is like the top search item for Messianic things on Google? Feast of Tabernacles. That kind of confirms Zechariah's prophecy too, doesn't it? Google and the nations are looking for Feast of Tabernacles. Clearly because Google has read Zechariah and knows. But guess what? It's, it's, I mean, everyone, everyone loves Sukkot. Like, it's, it's this mountaintop experience. But that's not true. This is the mountaintop. This day, this hold back, this last consideration of all we've been through is the ascent. It's the top. It's the pinnacle of all of it. And nobody's up on this mountain except you and me. 
because the world doesn't know. Shemini Atzeret probably ranks about 400 trillion in Google searches for Messianic things. Because what in the world does this have to do with me? Well, this is your private reception with God. It's the culmination of all we've been through. Sukkot and all its excitement in the world. Man, we're, are you ready for Feast of Tabernacles? Sort of, but I'm really ready for the eighth day convocation. Yeah! You ever heard that? No. Well, you should, because here you are. We're going to look back. We've looked back at that last month and thank God for what He's shown us and how He's changed us. But, but here's the real reason that you focus right here, right now, on this day. You can't stay here. You've climbed. You've ascended. You've come all the way through the holidays to this beautiful time with Hashem. But even you have to leave the party. Why? Because there's work to do. Part of this, this was for you. These festivals, everything that you've encountered and enjoyed, it was for you to get back with God. And so here you are. But out there, the world's calling you to come down and get to work. And the harvest is rich, he said, but the workers are few. Lord, we love it here up on this mountain. Yeah, but our calling is out there. So how, how perfectly does this speak to God's calendar? Before we leave this mountaintop, before we leave officially all the way down, we're going to celebrate tomorrow Simchat Torah. What is that? Simchat Torah is the renewing of God's Word being put into your very soul. It is God communicating, guess what? You started over physically, spiritually, so to speak, and before you go down from the mountain, we're going to put the new, fresh Word into you. And it's going to go with you. My presence, he told Moses. It turns out my presence will actually go with you after all. So even this strange Simchat Torah celebration that came later, even that is God still communicating to us, yep, you got to go down, but I'm going with you in a very special way. And we're going to start by saying what? In the beginning, God created, right? Bereshit. We started with creation. And we start to remind us it's not just what we need to do, but remember all that we talked about, about breath and creation and God blowing into you and all these other kinds of things. Up here on the mountain, he wants you to remember who you are. So much of religion, so much of service, so much of what churches and synagogues and religious people do, and I don't mean that as, as negative as it sounds, but it's always what you can't do. I'm not this. I can't do this. Remember what, what Hashem's sacred name actually means when we have the, the holy letters, Yud and He and Vav and He? What does His name mean? I am that I am. I am what I will be. I am all these different things, right? 
So part of the high holidays when we're created in God's image and part of this mountaintop and Him sending you out from here to do the work, you are created in His image. And so when He says, I am, guess what? So are you. And it's not about what you can't do or I'm not this, I'm not going to do that. It's instead, I am. I am. I realize in this time with you, God, I realize I am your child. I am created for goodness. I am a disciple of Yeshua. I am a builder of the kingdom. I am a a maker of disciples. And I am a person who is right now rejoicing in this last moment with you. We've got to go down the mountain we've been on. You brought us up here, God, to rest and to learn and to grow. And now we're taking this to the world below. And your word and your spirit go with us. And the end of this story is this. One day, he'll bring us back up on the mountain, right? Where we get to dwell eternally. So that's not really the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story. And eight is a great number for beginnings, right? We just read today Yeshua was circumcised on what day? On the eighth day. Sunday is actually in a certain kind of sense the eighth day as well. We complete the Shabbat and then we get Sunday and we start. It's a new beginning every week. So we have newness ahead of us. But we're going down. So, Atzeret, Shmini Atzeret, this eighth day, and all of what was unbeknownst to Stephen Curtis Chapman is this song with these words that I want you to imagine everything I just told you and think about this moment, what God is communicating to you, what He's done for you, and where He wants you to go. And do what you're called to do. Take it away, SCC. God loves us. Every one of us. He loves being with you. And He created you for great, immeasurably amazing, great purposes. So I want you to enjoy this last bit of time up on the mountain. And we'll move forward from here. We see the truth up on the mountain. We carry it to the world far below. See, we have this invitation from God. All of us, through Messiah Yeshua, to be here together, having this opportunity. Let's change the world out there together. And then we'll all take our journey back up to the mountain for eternal life in the presence of God. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, Hag Sameach, Shmini Atzeret, like what are we going to do? What do we celebrate? What's the symbol? You got it. Quality time with God. Did you know that's one of his love languages? He likes to spend time with you. We're building the kingdom. 
and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MaconMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.